All right, dear Lord God, I just pray for uh, me and Brain, Lord God, that you can just speak clearly through us right now, Lord God. Um, as we know, things don't always go as we want them to, as we expect them to. There's trials, there's struggles, um, there's problems, Lord. Um, but I pray that you can just strengthen and encourage me and Brayden to fix our eyes on what's truly important here. It's not the that we sound right. It's not to get. It's just to truly spread your message and and spread your spread your word and glorify your name, God. So I pray you strengthen us and speak through us. And for anyone who may be listening, Lord God, I pray that you open their hearts and um, truly let them receive not me and Brayden's words, but your word and your scripture and your truth lord god and you soften their hearts and you just you just allow us to have a great time of fellowship in jesus name i pray amen Good work, man. Right. Come on, Rev. Come on, Rev. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Kingdom Vision Podcast. I'm Braden Harris, and with me as always, Mr. Cole Harris. How we doing, baby? Um, today we're continuing our um, just our road on the commands of Christ. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit today, um, and we're going to kind of, you'll see throughout this uh, series that we'll just have a uh, rhythm to how we do things and kind of a, a system in place. And um, I think that encourages people to follow along, follow along as well, a little mm-hmm. bit easier. So open up your own Bibles as well. Um, I think this is also the first time we've ever committed to posting one episode a week. That's true. You know, people, uh, they post in, you know, on a Tuesday, on a Thursday, or they post in this week and a month, you know, this is the first time we actually could get some, have some, uh, you know, kind of regulate our, our deals here. It's true. Yeah. We've done a pretty poor job of hey, getting the content out on a normal day. So shout out our loyal viewers though. Y'all been <laughs> riding with us day one, baby. We appreciate y'all. Yeah, but, seriously. But, uh, you know, we're going to start off like Brayden said, we got a rhythm. It's, uh, if y'all have watched the first two episodes, first two episodes, the first one was repent and believe. The second one was baptism. Today we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And as you may know, we read a command that Jesus says, and we read a story that kind of flushes it out and teaches us and helps us understand the context, um, the practicality, what just things we can learn from it. So I'm going to read the command. The command today is in Luke 24, verse 45 through 49. And then Brayden's going to read the story. Um, the story is John 14, verse 15 through 26. Every time. That's the first time I've gotten the verse right. It's the third time we've recorded it. The first time I got the verse right. Um, and as always, like Brayden said, if you are in a position to open your Bible and participate, that would be awesome. Um, but without further ado, I'm going to read the command. Uh, Luke 24, verse 45, Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. 
but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So the big one is verse 49. I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, and you will be clothed with power from on high. What is this power from on high? What is this promise? It is the Holy Spirit. So, Brayden, give us, you know, give us a summary of the passage of the John passage before we read it, so we can kind of hear it twice. Um, so, uh, in this uh, passage in John fourteen, uh, fifteen through twenty four. Uh, we're kind of going to see a, um, just a chain of, of the way that God works, really. You'll see that, um, you know, the way that you receive the Spirit, um, the way that uh, God kind of acts, the way that God kind of works, um, um, and how He decides uh, who He puts His Spirit on, I would say. Yeah, that's a good one. So... Uh, John fourteen through fifteen, John fourteen fifteen through twenty four is, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the fa- Father. Out. That's kind of weird on this part, but which one? Um, on sixteen it says, and I will pray the Father. Verse sixteen, I'll pray. Huh? Yeah, probably that's a King James, huh? Yeah, New King James. Yeah, that, that's that old English, baby. And He will give you another Helper. That he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you a little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You will also you will live also at that day. You will know that I am in my father and you and me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, and answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words and the words and the word which you hear is not mine but the father's who sent me you know what you pointed out the other day that made me laugh was uh judas not iscariot <laughs> in princes let's let's disclaim this that it ain't judas the bad one that was funny yeah not the not the one that betrayed jesus yeah that's and i heard too that in uh early church history that if you had the name judas I, it was like bad, bad juju. Like no one named their kid Judas after. I mean, I mean, makes sense. Oh, hey, yeah. hey you, you name your kid Jonah, Old Testament Jonah. You name your kid Moses. They no, they no Judas is out there, baby. That's yeah, whatever. But so we're about to answer four questions like always. Um, so after we read this passage, it's 20 verses, I think, or 11 verses, whatever. What do we learn about God here? What do we learn about people? Is there a sin to avoid? And is there a command to follow? Um, so write down these questions and participate. So, Brayden, I'll let you kick it off first. Um, what sticks out to you about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ here? Uh, so I saw, I also saw one thing from uh, Luke 24. Can you open to that again? Mm. Uh, 45, the first verse. But uh, I'll also talk about how... Um, you know, when, when, 
uh, in, in John fourteen seventeen, whenever it says the spirit of truth, uh, that spirit of truth is the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, there is no truth outside of the Holy Spirit. There is no, you know, God, Holy Spirit, Jesus. There is no truth outside of them. And um, that is their essence. That is who they are. Like they, they cannot enter into a place without them bringing the truth of uh, of them of who they are and uh, the love of who they are. Um, yeah, and I think another thing to go off of that is like everything that is true is God. Yes. So like, and that's where you testify like, oh, God's showing me something. Well, if it lines up with Scripture, then it is. Who that is God, but yes. a lot of times we can. Oh, it feels right. We can be deterred, uh, but it's like, like for example, it feels right to have sex. You said the other day, have sex before marriage, right? Well, we know that that's not biblical. That's not who God's character is. So we can know that that's not God, the Holy Spirit leading us to do that. Exactly, exactly. And uh, we also see that um, I'm on that Luke 24. Oh, okay. So I I wanted to point out. Was it twenty four forty five? Is the first one. Um, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Uh, so in uh, twenty four, we see that Jesus, in this time since he was still alive, he plays the role of the Holy Spirit because he has not yet ascended. Yeah, and he's he o- no he opens he opens their eyes. Yeah, you're right. There's no need for the Holy Spirit at that time because he was on earth. Well, he plays the role of the Holy Spirit right right in that moment, and he and he opens their eyes to the Scriptures. That is the exact way that the Holy Spirit works in our lives, is that he opens our eyes to the Scriptures, and we're like, oh, you know, like, that doesn't even make sense before. And, and he, uh, only through that, only through him showing us can we even understand. That verse, the verse is 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 through 11. It says, uh, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the... Oh, that ain't it. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2. <laughs> my fault, my fault, my fault. Give me one sec. 1 Corinthians 2 says... Oh, dadgummit. These sticky pages. First Corinthians 2, verse 10. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person, which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have re- received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So the only way we comprehend what, who God is at all, is the Spirit grants us and teaches us and reveals to us the truth. nature of God. Truth. Yes. Like it, it, it's not like, uh, this is what Matt said. Matt said, it's not like, one day, man, I'm going I'm to learn about God today. You know, it's my choice that I'm going to decide to know. You, by God's grace, are given the opportunity to be to have your eyes revealed truth and to be, uh, what's the word? 
well, I'm trying to think of it's like God's great by God's grace, you are given the opportunity to know God and then you respond to it. But it's never our decision, our own doing to by our own wisdom to understand like it's a math or calculus problem that we no. figure it out. No. And, and uh, you know, without it being a by the Holy Spirit, the way that we read the Bible, there's not transformation only through the spirit is there transformation that is completely you know i would just say supernatural the way that he were transformed in christ whenever the holy spirit is guiding us and leading us and we give we give way to that and 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 allow him to definitely so specifically um for john 15 or 14 john 14 (laughs) for john 14 what do we learn about god here so let's get back on track what do we learn about god um, for me, it's verse 18 first. I will not leave you as orphans, right? He tells us that, and in the next verse he says, um, uh, you yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. So in verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. Then the very next sentence, you won't see me. So how can we not be orphans and our father is not with us? It's because the spirit, that's what he's talking about. The spirit is a spirit is God. It is a presence of God. It is a Trinity. So if we have the spirit, we have God himself. That's why he says that we will not be left alone as orphans, even though he's not here is because the spirit is in, it says in Ephesians, Ephesians one or Ephesians three, that once you accept Jesus, you are sealed with the promise of the Holy spirit, that the same spirit that lives, that resurrected Jesus from the dead lives in us. Yes, that's a that's a word, Rev. That's a word, Rev. <laughs> <laughs> no, I come love on, that. come on, Chaplin. Um, that and uh, also, I was just gonna point out one part, and this this is just a, a bit of a side note, but um, for those of you that are that have been like me, where I've um, I've wanted to love God more, and I'm like, God, how do I love you? Like, what can I do? Um, and it says here that the one, if you love me, you keep my commandments. So it's not that by working that we get to gain this salvation, but whenever we are so thankful for the salvation, you want to obey his commandments and it shows your love for him. And it gives more, you give you're giving yourself more right of way to the Holy spirit and what God is doing in your life whenever you are willing to obey what he has and obey his ways of doing things. I like that. <clears throat> I like that a lot. So verse 26, John 14, verse 26, but the helper, the Holy spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. So kind of like the first Corinthians two verse, there's two things we can take from verse 26, but the helper, the Holy spirit, whom the father will send in my name. So, Jesus is saying, whom the Father, so Jesus is referring to the Father, God, sending another entity to you, but will be in my name. So there's three distinct um, entities, I guess I'll describe it by, in that verse. So Jesus clearly identifies the Trinity there, and he goes on to say the role of the Holy Spirit, which is to teach you all things and bring to you remembrance of all that I said to you. Key, remembrance of all that I said. We're not learning 
He really don't, we don't really, the Spirit don't teach us anything new. He convicts you of the Word. He convicts you of everything we've seen, what He's said already. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, he, he testifies of everything of Jesus. Um, he, he teaches us of what's already been. And Jesus' life is the ultimate already has been. He's already done it all. Yeah. Um, and that is what the Holy Spirit is there to show us is, you know, continually put our remembrance on, on God and his ways of doing things. Yeah. And then verse 23, right? This is another verse that shows us that the Spirit is God. Right? In verse 23, he says, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him. We, You said this earlier. This It's a big uh, key to understand what Jesus is saying. He says, We will come to him and make our home with him. So Jesus, we, referring to Jesus and God, the two per, per people of the Trinity, will come and make our home with in you through the helper that's the role of the spirit he comes and lives inside of us makes our his home in us and that refers to the ephesians 3 how we are then sealed with the holy spirit there's a there's a hole in our hearts i heard a pastor refer to it this way it's like without jesus there's a hole there and jesus comes and fills that hole with his spirit builds like a concrete wall over it and seals it shut to where nothing comes in. And this is in reference to like, you know, you see people who get like possessed and stuff like, uh, and they, you see like the conjuring, all these scary movies that are popular nowadays. Right. I mean, all of it claim there's yeah. like, it's people, I mean, they claim to be like a Christian element to it, but all that, what is is possession? Like you can never be possessed and this may be off topic, but you can never be possessed if you have the Holy Spirit, because yeah. that's... If you're already possessed by the Holy Spirit, Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because there's a hole in our hearts, and the Spirit comes and seals it shut, and He makes His home in us. That was yeah. a little tangent, but the, the point is, is that He, he lives in your heart, your soul. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, is there a next, kind of a next question? Yeah, what do we learn about people? Ooh. I mean... I just see that... Um, the biggest thing that I see is that just how important obeying the commandments are to me, like how, mm-hmm. um, how much that testifies of, you know, your love for God. And, um, you know, that's really what allows us to be led by the spirit is a willingness to want to do what God wants to do until then you you really aren't going to be led by the spirit when, but whenever you make the decision that I want to do anything that I think or anything that I learn about anything that God says is what is right to do I'm going to go full-fledged into that then you're allowing you're saying you know I'm letting the spirit maneuver in my life now because that's where the spirit works is in truth in purity in those in the the ways of God is the way that that the Holy Spirit works. So whenever you do that, you're really giving right of way um, to his ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like verses uh, 23. This is the process of how, so what do we learn about people, how we receive the Holy Spirit? Verse 23, if anyone loves me, what he, Brayden just said, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And then we will come to him and make our home with him. So as there's a process that says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And then the Father will love me. And then 
we will come and make our home with him. So the people who love Jesus, who make that decision to follow Jesus, that act of obeying, that, that act of like, hey, I want to follow Jesus, you then receive the Holy Spirit. But there's a key, there's a key here that you can't miss is that by the grace of God, the Spirit leads you to want to make that decision to follow Christ. It's not, like I said earlier, it's not our decision to follow Christ. It's the Spirit prodding us, uh, pushing us to understand and to um, give up and surrender everything. And then we're like, okay, I want to follow Jesus. And then by the grace of God, He gives us the Holy Spirit to live in our, to live in our hearts. But like, that's a big, that's a, like by the grace of God, He pushes us in, like, what do we learn about people here? We are not sufficient. We are not the ones who make the decision. It's by the grace. Everything's by the grace of God. Glory to God, not to ourselves. And very easy we can get into the trap of like, yeah, I made the decision to follow God. It's my decision. But really, you know, it says that our natural desires are what our flesh desires. Our natural desire is sin. So it's only by the grace of God that we can have the veil revealed from our eyes and see that we are sinners and see the glory of God. It's a, it, it's so true that, um, you know, you might not even realize it, but it's the Holy Spirit maneuvering in your life that brings you to God. Um, and actually, whenever I became saved, it was, um, I looked at it and I was just like, this is too crazy. Like, I don't even know how I came to this. Like, I was like, I don't what what happened, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, there was no one person that, um, you know, and I'm not saying for anyone that has someone that teaches them and shows them that that's not completely sufficient, but I just know for me, like I could have never said it was this person and it was my decision because it was such a, you know, such a crazy experience with, you know, I'm like, why did I even come to that? You know, it was so Holy Spirit led and so much of it was just God, um, and revealing and, um, and luring me in and, and wanting me to, to seek and, and just bringing me into seeking deeper um, that really got me to, you know, my faith and because my belief. Because it, it says that the word of God, the gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing. So to the world, and just to think that we were once in the world, it is foolishness. So there has to be some separate force outside of us that takes us from understanding that it's foolishness to all of a sudden it is the glory of God. This is my only hope. This is my salvation. And that is God granting us that. So I was going to point out that um, in verse 20, it says that at that day, you will know at that day, you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. So we literally get to, you know, the Holy Spirit brings us to this place of understanding that, you know, Jesus is in the Father. He died for our sins. And you will come and invite him into you. You know, he He is then in you and you are in him. Um, I just think that's crazy that he makes, he, re- he literally makes our his home inside of us. Like it says later in the verses, he, he makes um, his, their home. God, Son, Holy Spirit, they make their home inside of us. Um, and they are, you know, there. Like when we're, you know, have you ever have you ever seen, uh, you know, so many times in movies or so many times we'll, we're looking up and we're like, you know, God, 
you know, it's like, you know, we could just as easily be looking down and because he's with us, because God is actually inside of us. Uh, he's just as much in us as he is in heaven or, you know, everywhere else. He's in, he's literally inside of us. What, did you just read John fifteen twenty six? What did you just read? John fourteen twenty. Okay. So, yeah, I want to go off that. I kind of think about it in simple terms, right? If... I may have said this already. If I've said it, just, you know, we'll move on. But how can God be with us if, like, like Jesus, like that, the point, um, he won't leave us as orphans. Obviously, Jesus, the person, is in heaven, right? Resurrected. So there has to be a spirit in us that where he is with us always to the end of the age, right? So there has to be a spirit there, like that, that the he will come make his home in us. That's how he is with us forever, Right, so then you read John 15, verse 26. But when the Helper comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, and you will also you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. So what the Spirit does as a role in our life is it lives in us. So think about it. It's it, it just the, the Spirit in us bears witness to him. So basically, we are walking with Christ all the time. It's not like, and that's the one thing, you know, like once you're a Christian, it's not like you can just, and I've had this before, where you just try to, oh man, you're, you just want to put off, you just don't want to think about Jesus right now, but you can't, like you legit can't, and that's like when you, like when conviction comes, you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that right now, I don't want to, well, you can't just put him off because he's in your heart, right, that's your flesh, it's like your flesh is going one way, and the spirit is going another way, right, and the, your, our flesh, which you really have to understand, is our flesh desires sin. Our flesh is always craving sin. Our flesh opposes the spirit. But the spirit inside of our hearts is the only reason we can ever come to a point of repentance. Is because the spirit, where we once lived by our flesh, what our flesh desired, what we wanted to do. But the spirit, once we become saved, leads us, overcomes the flesh. We live by the spirit now. doesn't mean we don't fall short sometimes because we're not Jesus. Jesus is perfect, right? But you see, Jesus was lived a perfect life and the same Jesus lives in our hearts now but we know we're not perfect so that's why we can't live like Jesus because we're not perfect we're still hu- humanity but now since we have the spirit we live by the spirit and that's the only reason we are able to repent and we don't like I don't struggle with the same things I used to struggle as a Christian I mean before I was a Christian and that is because the spirit by the grace of God has led me to repentance that's not me saying oh I don't want to do that anymore no, it's the spirit leading me to mm. repentance. Yeah, I have a little bit of uh, just a tiny bit of my testimony was that the fact that whenever I became a Christian, there were things that I was doing that I began being convicted on. And I had never heard of a person telling me I had no remembrance of of this being wrong, this being anything. But I just knew that God was there with me and I felt like I couldn't do it. And I felt like that was wrong and I shouldn't do it anymore. I had no, I hadn't read it yet. I hadn't this, I, I was just beginning. I was trying to read. I was trying, I was doing my best, but I didn't even know. I was like, and I was just convicted and, and I didn't even know what conviction was. I just felt guilty. I was like, what is this? I'm like, I literally knew that God saw everything I was doing and was with me. So I was like, I can't, I can't take part in this. Like, this isn't what God I think that God was is telling me he he wants, and it was crazy. And I don't know if 
I mean, I know you have, but I'm talking about, I don't know if any of y'all watching have had this before, but there's things that I have struggled with my whole life that I've never been able to overcome. And it can be anything, X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. But you have stumbling blocks, stumbling block. You can never get over it. God, why am I still struggling with this? And then eventually you overcome it, right? But why did I overcome it? When in my life, I know, and this can be, and you know, like you listening, you know what that sin is in your life. That certain struggle. I know in my heart, the only reason I was able to overcome it and repent is by the grace of God and the spirits leading me to overcome it. Because there's those things that you struggle with your whole life. You can never overcome it. Sometimes it's sexual sin. Sometimes sometimes it's a, a, a sin of pride. Sometimes it's the sin of whatever you want. But you just keep struggling, struggling, struggling. And then one day, you know, two... Uh, after being walking with Christ for two years, all of a sudden you look back, you're like, wow, like that sin hasn't been acting, that, that sin hasn't been getting me lately. Well, why is that? Uh, the way that, you know, without the Holy Spirit drowning you in grace all the time, our repentance is just like... It's meaningless. It's for naught. Yeah, I mean, it's for naught. Our, our repentance won't mean anything to us because... The grace is what allows us to pursue further and pursue without being like, look at me, look at what I've, I'm stuck in, poor me, poor this. But whenever we repent and the Holy Spirit drowns us with grace, it actually, it actually makes us stronger believers. Mm. Whenever we repent and God gives us grace, it gives us another example of, of how we need to be with other Christians it gives us another example and deepens our love for Christ because we're like, Oh my gosh, like what, what was I doing? And how good is your love that you give grace to me through what I had just done through what I'm doing, you know, and his real tangible grace um, on everything. I mean, it's just, amazing. and we're talking about that. You can get real confused of how we're talking right now, but we're talking about the Holy spirit because Jesus is in heaven, God the Father in heaven. So how God interacts with us today is through the Holy Spirit. So when we're talking about this day, this is the Spirit leading us to do this. And when, like I can just tell you a testimony part, testimony of my life, but like you see the things God has brought you from and see the way God has worked in your life, this also testifies to his realness, right? Mm -hmm. So you, like kind of like that sin struggle, but you know, all this camera stuff that we get into, this podcast, the, there is, we would be naive to say that there wasn't struggles in this podcast. Like, oh, we just want to give up and kick our feet up and like, we're done with it. But do you see, but like, even through those hard times, you see the spirit, there's a gentle nudge pushing you. That is the spirit. And it just testifies to the realness of God. And through your own testimony, through your own life experience, you can see how the spirit has worked in your life. And, really all my hope now in the future is my relationship with God because I know what he has brought me from and the role the spirit has played in my life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I mean, we kind of go off on the tangent there, but I mean, you'll get something from it. But so what are some characteristics of the Holy Spirit? Right? So I'm going to go to Psalms. You go to, go to Ephesians three, 14 through 19. I'm going to Psalm 139. 
So Psalm 139 says, Oh, daggum, daggum. You want me to go? Yeah, you, you just to... go ahead, go ahead. All right, Ephesians 3. Verses 14 through 19. Verses 14 through 19. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the f- whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to be exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church of Christ, er, in the in the church by Christ to to all by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever, Amen. I said, I mean, two things I see from that: the power to comprehend. Big. Well, it's kind of repeating what we've already said. The only reason we comprehend is the Spirit, the the inner man. It mentioned there that. The encouragement, the strength in the in it happens. It comes. The spirit comes in our inner man, and then lives in us, and gives us, therefore, uh, the spirit of living water. You heard that in the uh, story of the Samaritan woman, right? There will be a river flowing out of you of living water. That is the spirit. The spirit then flows out of you, and that is whatever. But the, I'm gonna read Psalms 139, verse seven through eight. Where shall I go from your spirit? Oh, where shall I flee from your presence? So where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your... The spirit is the presence of God, right? And this all ties back to John 14. You know, he will not leave us as orphans because his spirit, his presence is with us always in our hearts. It all ties into the spirit is God. And that's that's as simple as you can put it. Yes. I mean, really. But... We can move on to the next one. What does the spirit do? What is the spirit's what is the spirit's role in our life? Um, Ephesians one. You can go to Ephesians one, Braden. I'm gonna go to Romans. What do you want me to read? Ephesians one, thirteen through fourteen. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also, having believed, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of his, the redemption of his of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. I'm beginning to struggle with with the reading. <laughs> that's that's uh, one one from my book for sure. But, um, kind of want to speak a little bit on the the sealing of the holy spirit go for it yeah we'll just um the fact that um you know i i read somewhere i think cole was showing me this too is um the holy spirit is like a down payment of our future inheritance Ooh. um so that we are given this um and it also gives us um when we so much i guess hope in our future and it gives us uh it's a promise mm. um given to us um for the future for you know forever you know and it gives us this uh way that we can interact with god in all times 
um, when it would be so hard without imagine not being able not feeling like you can go to god with anything anytime well and, and if you don't believe that you can then you're believing a lie anyway because you can go to god with anything anytime because his spirit is here and you can always accept him and speak to him so i'm gonna read romans eight fifteen through 17 for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry abba father the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of god and if children then heirs heirs of god and fellow heirs with christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him right so matt keller corrected me the other day too when we call the spirit of it right it says right here the spirit himself the spirit of god is like when we say the spirit is in this like the, the like it's him right it's not a spirit an entity or an energy an energy a or a force like star wars vibe right no it is god and the same that's kind of uh, testifies to the spirit like who knows the spirit except the spirit of god who knows what i'm thinking about except me the spirit inside me myself i know what i'm thinking better than you know what i'm thinking that's the same way spirit of, the spirit of god testifies to god's nature so that's why when the spirit lives in our home then we can testify to who god is because how can i know what brayden thinks if i'm not in his head that's good you think about that i can't know what you're thinking because i'm not in your head i don't know your spirit that's why the spirit of God comes and lives in us. So then we know who the father is on a personal and intimate level because he is in us, mm. which is a bar, right? And then it says, oh, she's a bar, right? <laughs> so it says, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery and fall back into fear. You see spirit of slavery and fear are tied together, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit, this is a big one. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. So our spirit, like I said, like I, I know me better than you know me because it's my spirit, right? It's my life. Then the spirit of God comes in me and it's my spirit and God's spirit in my heart. Then I, we testify like, all right, it says bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. I mean, I can't really explain that further because that would just get your mind in a twist. It's simple. I mean, nothing that 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 scripture leaves it simple yeah enough there his the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of god yep yeah it bears witness as simple as that i mean simple as that so i think the last question okay second to last question who receives the spirit and brian this this is a piece of cake right here baby those who love him and obey his commandments. If you are a believer in Christ. Yep. You can't be... What does it say in John 14? It said, the people of the world don't have the Spirit. In the in the passage we just read. Yep. Um, I think that was, it was verse 17 or 18, I think. The Spirit of truth in the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and I and will be in you. So, simple. If you are a believer of Christ, you then have the Spirit. And no one can say, this is what Matt Keller was saying too, 
No one can claim that God, Jesus is Lord without having the spirit. Yeah, it says that in scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Matt said it. No, that was Jesus. <laughs> that was God. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, next, I want to. The last question we want to answer is: How do we live out in the Holy Spirit? So, we kind of classified who the Spirit is. It's God. It's not a it. It's not a being. It's God. We've classified some characteristics of the Spirit. We've cl- classified what the Spirit does. So, what practically can we take from this? John seven verse thirty seven. Through 39. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit has not had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So there's two things I see. If you are not a believer in Christ. This is an easy one. If you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you have never taken the time to ask Jesus to come into your heart, you ask Him to give you His Spirit, to come into your heart, to come into your life, and then He will then, as in verse 38, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. When He comes and lives in your heart, then you will be a born-again believer. But you have to make the decision, and you have to... Ask Christ to come into your life. That's the first thing I see. The second would be, um, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Right? As believers, and this is a thought I was having um, the other day, and uh, I don't know if y'all know David Ladding, our boy David Ladding on TikTok star, right? He did an analogy, and he said, um, you know, he was at a lake, and it was dirty, murky water, and he hadn't had a drink of water in four hours. What he could do is drink that dirty and murky water, or he could wait and get some purified, uh, you know, Nestle water, you know, some Aquafina, you know, it's, that's kind of like that with our spirit, right? When we, when you become a Christian, that doesn't cure your problems. It doesn't cure your sin problem. It doesn't cure your eager or your, your fleshly desire to seek more than God, Right. Um, kind of like Adam and Eve, they were with the president, they were in the presence of God, but they still disobeyed, right? So we still have a sin problem. So the practical thing I'm getting to is that once you are a born again believer, you need to go to Jesus when you are thirsty. Just because you are a born again believer doesn't mean our soul isn't still thirsty because we are still sinners. We're are still our flesh um, is in opposition to the Spirit. So. I mean, I'll give you an example, right? You're seeking more than Christ. You are, you're having, um, man, that, that, that job looks amazing, man. That you're, you're coveting, man. That person with that marriage looks better than my marriage. That person with that job looks better than my job. That car looks better than my car. Those things, our I, soul are still thirsty. So are we going to go to Christ to get? Yeah, I would say that. And the cure to that is time with God. Mm-hmm. Um, because the more, time that you real that you sit with jesus um the more realize that you cannot find satisfaction outside of him the more you drink from the river the more you just get swept up in the current so you (laughs) (laughs) so you you will not i mean the deeper that i go in with my walk with god the more that I see it's like 
why would I even want to do that? Like, there's nothing there. I'm I'm unsatisfied without you, God. And the the deeper it sends me into time with Him, and the more satisfied I actually become. Um, so spending time with God is of the utmost importance um, for living, you know, a holy life is so important because it, it just sets your, um, it sets your standards and it feeds, you know, it feeds your spirit and it lets you know that you are, um, where satisfaction comes from so that when you walk into something that would give you short term, quote unquote satisfaction, you will realize that the spirit is like a hundred times more satisfying. Yeah. So you think about like money. I'll give you a practical example. I know that money as a Christian will never fulfill me. Why does my heart still desire money? Because we are sinners. We're still human. Even when you become a Christian, you don't become Jesus. You become a follower of Jesus. So I know that money won't give me happiness. So why do I still chase it? But instead of wondering, like that's what I did for a while. Jesus, why am I still craving things of this earth? Why am I still craving things that will perish? But instead of asking why, understand that what that is. is that's not the Spirit of God. That's, that's your flesh. That's your earthliness. But instead of doing that, go to the Father. Go to the river. Like Jesus was saying, go to Him. It says He's the bread of life. Yeah. All you who are weary, come to me. Like my, my burden is light. He gives, he gives us rest from those. Um, I, God was showing me this, that people a lot of times, they will have sinful ways. They will... And there will be causes from that, like, you know, being depressed, being anxious, being this, being that, um, from their sinful ways. And then they'll blame God for the way that they feel about it. And it's like, what? You know, you, you're, what you did is what caused that. It's cause and effect. Whenever you go to God and spend time with God, the, the effect out of that is the fruits of the Spirit. So whenever you spend time with Him, you are getting filled versus whenever you're you have that junk that you're allowing in and you're allowing into your heart then it's just going to cause greater unsatisfaction it's so crazy the way that works that the more that we dive into that the more it tries to suck us away from the true satisfaction god's only will for our life is to do the will of god right the will of god for us is to be perfect, right? Because God cannot sin, right? God still works through sinners, works through fallen people. But we, like you just said, we'll go and be lusting. We'll go and do, you know, be sexually impure. We'll be prideful. We'll do all these things. And then, oh God, that's God's fault. God's will is for you to do the will of the Father, to be pure, to do all those things. So we, as in our earthly flesh, blame God for our sinful ways and then because it says in james uh believe one or two that temptation conceives to sin and then sin produces death so it's our own fault that when temptation comes it bites like a fish on a hook and then that produces sin and that sin then leads to death which then separates us from god right you will have a sin problem and you'll feel you'll, you'll feel far from god because you're not repenting of a sin that's how it is it's our own fleshly desires that cause our separations from god but god in his holy spirit 
to get back to the episode, you know, because we're talking about these things. The spirit is what leads us and the spirit's will is never for us. It's it's important to distinguish what causes you to sin. God never causes you to sin. No. We cause ourselves our yeah. flesh. Yeah, that was one point I was going to make at the very end was that the Holy Spirit, the uh, the way to test whether you are hearing from the Spirit or not is that is this leading me deeper into God, everything that God is, his truth, his love, every all of those things, or is it leading me away from that? If you hear from the Spirit, you know, I'm doing quotations if you're not watching video. <laughs> if you hear from the Spirit in quotations that you need to slap a baby, you're not hearing from the Spirit. Okay? Yeah. I That's just as simple as that. And obviously, it doesn't come as blatant as that. But you can test things by, is this leading me into a deeper, um, deeper walk with God? Or is this leading me away from that and away from the truth of of who he is? And this is getting into another episode, which isn't even on the commands of Christ. But I really want to give you all this nugget and make you all think and ponder. But the devil, it says in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians, the devil disguises himself as an angel of light. The devil is no, you know, not that we picture the devil as being, you know, red with horns, ugly, right? The devil actually disguises himself as as an angel of light, right? We picture the devil as being actual, the actual motto of the Satanist church is not come worship me, Satan. It is do as thou will do what you want to do. Don't do what God wants, do what you want to do. So that's why we're saying it's not very blatant. Like it, yes. but the devil, if we know the devil disguises himself, he's going to dis- disguise his temptation. He's going to disguise the ways he tries to stump you. So that's why you have to be very testing everything from the spirit. You got to test everything the spirit throws at you because it can be temptation or it can be like you just like if the if the if you are tempted to slap a baby. Okay. Where in this does it say, okay, I know Jesus told me not to slap a baby, so therefore it's not it's not the spirit of God. Yeah. That's that's a very generic example, but that is the just the big picture yeah. of it. And uh, the spirit attests to the scripture and the scripture attests to the spirit repetitively. So all the time when you go in the scripture, it attests to what you are living out in the spirit and when you read the scripture, the spirit is attesting to the truth of it as well. Mm-hmm. So, so, <coughs> so, I mean, do you have anything else you want to say? I mean, I'm pretty, no, I'm, that's it. All right. So this was the, uh, episode on the Holy Spirit. First was repent and believe. Second was baptism. Today is, was third. I mean, I'm sorry. Today was Holy Spirit. Next week is going to be abide and obey in the word. Right. So we, a lot of times we as Christians feel, man, I don't really got to get my word. I'm a Christian. I believe it here. But there is an importance of getting your quiet time in. There's an importance of having fellowship. Jesus says he is the bread of life, right? So if, yes. we, don't, if we don't go to the bread of life, we'll, we'll, we'll be hungry. We'll starve to death, right? So we have to go. There's a process of we have to have fellowship every day with Christ. There's a, just having fellowship with Jesus. So that's what we're going to talk about next week, uh, abiding and obeying in the word. We appreciate y'all. Um, listening. We hope y'all that this episode bless y'all. We hope that y'all learned something new, that y'all grew in y'all's relationship with Christ. And we hope that we see y'all next week for Obiden Obey. God bless y'all.